So the big question is this, how are real estate investors who don't have a ton of free time, don't have access to off-market deals, and didn't start life on third base? How do we grow a real estate business conservatively to support our families, finally leave the corporate rat race, and build a legacy? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Ed Matthews, and this is Real Estate Underground. This is the Real Estate Underground podcast show number 42. Hey, everybody, Ed Matthews with the Real Estate Underground podcast here. I am really excited. Today is a bit of a unique show in that, yes, there is a real estate component, and yes, my guest does know everything there is to know about the realty game as well as the real estate investing game. But there's an interesting add to this that I have a special affinity for that we were actually just talking about offline. So Denise Dean, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Actually, some of you folks may know her as Denise Oster. So we'll go with Denise Oster Dean, but welcome to the show. Thank you so much for your time today. Oh, I appreciate you having me. Thank you so much. One of the things that resonated with me, I was just telling you, I'm the son of a single mom and she worked her tail off to give me and my brother everything that we have. And I don't know if she listens, but if she does, I'm certainly grateful. And, and so one of the things that I have a special affinity for is women in real estate investing in real estate in terms of sales as well. And as I said, when we were just talking previously, you know, if you want something to actually get done, give it to a busy mom, right? And so I'm really excited about today's show. I want to know all about your coaching practice. And we definitely want to talk about your real estate background as well. So welcome. Sounds good. Thank you so much. So for those folks out there who haven't read your book or haven't seen you on YouTube or learned about your coaching program, can you tell us a little bit about what it means to be savage, not average? And uh, tell us about your story. Oh, fun. Yes. For all you women out there to be savage, never average. Are you living your truth? Are you doing exactly what you want? Do you know who you are enough to take the reins and go after it? Or is something holding you back? Are you living in the stagnant life of, ooh, I know that there's more in me, but what is it? What is my gift? What is my purpose? Or, oh, I'm too busy. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough money. Everyone has a gift. And it is my hope and my dream that every woman can amplify their life with excitement by discovering those inner truths and never hold back to be savage, never average. Excellent. So before you were a coach, you were a real a realtor and a real estate investor. So I'm curious what drew you to that space and investing in real estate. So long story, I had been previously in the corporate world for a large major corporation. I have a psychology and education degree, which put me into the education field as I was going through seven years of infertility and then a divorce. So I wanted to be home with my children. I wanted to find something that I could do both. And I had already graduated from other grad school and coaching. And I was already doing that. And education allowed me to be able to have the same time schedule as my children. So I found myself in the education system. And as they grew up and, you know, expanded their wings. I also continued to grow and to learn and expand my wings. And one of the things that always stayed in the back of my mind is when I was going through a divorce, yeah, I pretty much lost everything, including my house. It was in foreclosure and it was redeemed. And I'm like, what's that all about? How can you redeem that house? 
And then I was offered a pamphlet that said everything a woman should know. And I thought, this is brilliant. This is absolutely brilliant. We need to be doing something with that. And what does that look like? And there are so many things that women are left in the dark about for various reasons. And I looked into it a little bit more. And then I had a family member that went through a very similar situation. And I'm like, oh, no, I got this. So that's when I went into investing. And we helped them because I redeemed her house to be able to rehab it and then put it up for sale, which led me to see how much commission was left on the table. So I got my real estate license. And I've been doing it ever since. And I've rehabbed homes. Let's see. I live in Minnesota, so I've rehabbed them in Illinois and South Carolina, and I have a few properties here. And I've either rehabbed them and sold them, or I have rehabbed them and rent them out. I also have land that I looked into that was able to be subdivided, and you can sell those properties. So it can get real interesting. It's real fun to find out all the different things that you can do. Well, and that's the thing, right, is that I suffer from a profound case of entrepreneurial ADD, right? So, you know, the idea of being in this world and being in this industry and having every day be different kind of feeds that beast in my mind, right? And I'm sure you- you It's always something in the investment in the real estate world. It is forever changing. And you know what? That matched my personality too, because I always say, I feel like sometimes I have the adult version of ADHD. And if it challenges me- no problem. I'll yeah, take it on. That focuses me, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, right on. Exactly. So let's talk about the real estate that you own today, just briefly. And then I want to get into your coaching. Tell us about, you know, when you decide, are you strictly in the single family space or do you have multifamilies as well? You mentioned some rental properties. I'm curious. I am in the single family. Okay. And so when you buy, just for our audience purposes, you know, when you buy a single family home, and you flip it or you make the decision, okay, plan A is to flip it or you're going to keep it in rent. You know, what is the process? What's the calculus you go through to decide what's the best exit strategy for a particular building? It depends on the location. It depends on the community, on what is surrounding it. What is the need for it? If it's a townhome versus a single family home, there might be more need for a rental versus a family that wants a permanent residence. It just depends on where it's located, what is in the home, what it has, what it's going to attract and what I want to rehab it to. Right. So that's the creativeness, right? That you can create the inside according to what your exit strategy is. Now I do have in South Carolina, I got smart on this one. Here's a little tip for you. You got kids going into college, right? Yep. Sure do. I had a daughter. Oh, I do have a daughter. What am I saying? I do have a daughter that's in college and she was in the sorority. She was an executive in the sorority and she lived in the sorority house for the year that she was on the executive board and started to look for places to live after she would exit the house. And I said to her, how much are you paying for rent there? And she told me, and I'm like, oh no, I'll just go buy one, rehab it. And then you can have your sorority sisters live with you. Right. So I did, that's exactly what I did. I found one. i fixed it up and we have the sorority girls living in there. And so I get rent off that as well. And it happened to be strategically when I was looking for this property, it has 
three more attached. So the whole building has four and they are also rented by college students and their parents own them and they're almost done. So when they sell, since I'm in the unit with them, I'll be the first person they'll ask and hopefully I'll have the whole thing. And knowing that my daughter's in the sorority and we can fill it with the sorority girls, they'll be coming into those units. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. One of the interesting things about investing in property far away, right? You know, it is a team sport. So what was your strategy around building that team locally in South Carolina to find the contractors and do the rehab from, I assume, about a thousand miles away? It's all about relationships. It's all about networking. It's all about who is in your sphere of influences. And you do need to know about the investment piece, about your contractors, about liens, about pulling permits. I mean, you need to be privy on all of it. I've had that experience in other areas and in other states. And it was a great learning opportunity having done it in a different state before because you figured out who you have to contact, what kind of permits you need, what are the laws, what are the regulations, does it have HOAs, what's it entailed, is it, well, I found out that my one that I purchased in South Carolina, it ended up being in a historic district, so guess what, you can't change the windows, because they need to be historically repaired instead of replaced, so there's a lot of learning involved, and that's what I loved about it, is it wasn't just the same old thing, go find a house, fix it up, put it for sale. Like I said, I like the variety. I like the challenge. I love to keep learning and expanding and growing. And it's just something that evolved over time. So the people that I had contact were through networking, through resources, and it helps that I'm with a global broker. Okay. So, and I can earn seven different streams of income with the brokerage that I'm in and can buy and sell in different states. So you have to leverage things that are in your sphere of influences and also in your skills and in your talents and use them to your best of your ability. So you are an EXP broker, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. So a tremendous company. And I've had the opportunity to meet your CEO on a couple of occasions. And it's truly impressive what your organization has done. First off, in terms of empowering women, And secondly, in terms of providing that culture of collaboration and being able to help each other, you know, now on a global basis. So it's really impressive. It was something that I had never even considered until one of my mutual friends had said, I really think you need to look at this because I had stayed small. I had stayed small with a small little brokerage, a little boutique, just doing my little investment things. And when she contacted me about this and I had the ability to be on a celebrity team and looking at the model that they had, it was a no brainer. And so not just the model, but being alongside and being on the front line of high level celebrities, giving you the knowledge and the expertise, the bandwidth to just go big or go bigger was so exciting in itself. Absolutely. Let's make the transition from, okay, we've established that you are a real estate investor badass. And now (laughs) let's talk about the coaching piece and what you do today in terms of how you mentor and coach other people. Sure. So I've been coaching for over 15 years. 
Once I graduated from grad school in coaching, I had continued out into the corporate world when I was in the corporate world and just evolved from there. And it was in different aspects. I was doing a lot of the business strategy, which led to a lot of the growth mindset and also the internal work. And in 2020, when COVID hit, I had previously been to an investment conference and that investment conference was in Mexico. I walked in and there was presenters and there was coaches and there was all different things that you could go and learn and explore in investing. Mm-hmm. And by the time we broke out for a couple of sessions, I've had multiple people say to me, when are you going to get up and talk? When's your speech? What's your, and I'm like, what are you talking about? And they're like, well, you're a coach, right? And I said, I am. However, I'm here for the investment piece because I'm also a real estate agent and an investor. And they're like, oh, we thought you were here for coaching. We would love to hear you. I said, no. So then right after that, the session was over and we're headed to dinner and they're like, are you sure you're not speaking? I'm like, no, they're, they're, you're thinking way too small. And boy, I'm telling you, I left Mexico going, no one's telling me I have a pea-sized brain. I don't think small. I'm going big. And right. where does that begin? It begins with me. Yep. So thus, I came back and my book got cranked out in 28 days and it's oh. called Inhale Abundance, Exhale Bullshit. There was so much abundance around me. There was so much abundance and wealth around me. There was so much to be had that I needed to do and learn about myself as well as spiritual growth and business growth. It just expanded. I took a hard look at that, put this book out there and I said, you know what? We need to have more fun and pleasure in our life. That was the most amazing investment conference. And it was something that I never had thought that would pull me in to my coaching too, because there were so many people that had tremendous speeches and workshops and events and presentations that mirrored a lot of what I help people with. And so I came back and I said, that's it. No more pea-sized brain. Stop thinking small, go big or go bigger and inhale the abundance and exhale the bullshit. Every woman needs to know that she can be savage, never average. I love that. Absolutely love it. In your travels and when you meet people, what do you think separates the folks that are struggling from the ones who have figured it out and are reaching their potential and firing on all cylinders? Do you want me to put it blatantly? They call me the no bullshit coach. Oh, so I just get straight out. Yep. They're standing in their own goddamn way. Okay. And what I mean by that is that their potential is endless. Knowledge base is something that you can always learn. Yep. Self-mastery is a different beast. True statement in a much harder thing to do, right? And it absolutely is. And so that's where I give people that I coach that safe place that has that support and that accountability to be able to not only believe in themselves and trust that they can do it, but their desires are there and there is a way to stop holding back it out of your way by looking at the different pattern behaviors that caused you to be in that situation, Mm -hmm. changing those dynamics and making sure that we have a thought process that allows us to feel into what we are capable of doing. And sometimes our guests are hidden in our blind spots and I'm able to see those. And they call me the precision coach too, because I can precisely go in there and, and identify, here's where it lies. Are you interested in real estate investing right here in Connecticut? Ever wonder where all those real estate investing pros hang out to network? 
Did you know the Connecticut Real Estate Investors Association will introduce you to those investors and will help you learn how to find deals, fund those deals, and even teach you how to do it without leaving your current job? Go to ctrea.com. That's C-T-R-E-I-A.com and click on the events button to register for an upcoming event. Hope to see you soon. Buying investment real estate is both thrilling and sometimes stressful. Without a lending expert by your side, most investors don't stand a chance. That's where CTRIA Funding comes in. CTRIA Funding was founded by investors to help investors just like you fund their deals. Whether you're buying a single-family rehab, an apartment building, or really any investment property, our team will understand your deal and help you close quickly. Go to CTREIAfunding.com or call us at 860-876-0572. Let's talk about the framework. Let's talk about your process in terms of how you recognize and then unlock that potential for your clients. So that's interesting that you asked me. That took me many years to get out of my own way and try to figure out and understand what was holding me back. And that's how I discovered my superpower of the energetic alignment of how I felt to be able to pursue higher, bigger, more challenging, more exciting, and lead a more abundant life. And I hid it for many years. I was like, you know, I could come up and meet people and I could get a sense or a feel. And I just had this feeling and this idea and I couldn't really put my finger on it. And so I would like shove it down, just pretend, you know, oh, that I didn't really think that I didn't feel that really not paying attention to my intuitive gifts. And I would wonder why a lot of people or even myself at that time were on a cyclical cycle of just kind of being on the hamster wheel of kind of trying something and then just putting yourself back, and then you would try it, and then you would give up. Well, you weren't really giving up. You were giving up on yourself because you really didn't know how to be in touch with your own self and your feelings. And as you know, single moms, there's so much that we do. We're nurturing caregivers, right? So So we put ourselves last, and we are always offering ourselves and our services to others, in a caregiving position. And then when it doesn't come for us, we beat ourselves up because we don't understand that it was self-created and recognize these with the pattern behavior that goes along with our actions, puts it all together. And for years I did this and I dismissed it. And then I would look at, well, why is it that, you know, I kind of fit into every single group, but I don't have one little place that was my safe haven. And it was in turn with my own healing, like I talked about before, recognizing my own blind spots, looking at my own pattern behaviors of what were conventional and taught to me that didn't fit with who I was. And I was all about non-conventional, break all the rules, figure it out, and then put myself in and realized, hey, there's something there. My intuitive, that is my gift. That is my superpower. That is something that I dismissed and didn't honor. When I was able to put this all together, with the business strategies and the mindsets and all the coaching that I had, it was electrifying. It was like amplified my life. It ignited everything. And it's just my passion. It is truly my passion to see every person succeed because we're not in competition with anyone. When we can help someone to succeed, we succeed. 
It's so interesting you say that. So my, my oldest daughter, Katie, is a swimmer and a competitive swimmer. And she's since retired and is focused on studies. But one of the things she said when she was younger, and it was fascinating. So I'm, you know, I come from more of a male-dominated athletic background. And it was win, 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 and go. And I was talking to her, and, and I was not a swimmer. So I didn't understand the psychology around swimming, right? But the one thing she said to me, and I was having a conversation with her about I didn't want to put pressure on her. I was like, you know, I just really thoroughly enjoy watching you swim. That's it. Right. And I could see the air come out of her in terms of the stress of, you know, dad wants me to perform and all that, which was awesome. But the other part of it that was interesting, and it's something that she said, and I, this was eight years ago, and I still think about it is that she said, you know, dad, you have to understand the way I work. I'm not looking to necessarily win. I'm just looking to beat myself. I want to get one second faster. I want to get 1% better. And I'm like, you're 12 years old and you're thinking that profoundly. I was like, wow, totally impressive. And I'm sitting here telling you the story and I'm getting chills in the back. Um, I got chills down my legs when you yeah, said that. You know, and, that and it's just crazy. like, wow, you know, what a kid. That was fantastic, right? But that was the thing. You know, she's like, dad, I don't care about winning. I just care about getting better. And awesome. unbelievable. And it was so counter to the way that I was raised and taught to be competitive. So and it serves her well every day today to this day, right? Absolutely. I can't imagine that it wouldn't just bring her just a world of opportunities. And for a young child to be thinking and feeling like that isn't a tribute to your parenthood. So I, I blame her mother for that, but uh, <laughs> well, credit her mother for that. Credit's due, yeah. right? Right. Right, absolutely. Well, and it just goes to show you that kids are very vigilant and receptive too, because they're not going to hear everything, but they sure are going to watch us, right? Right. And that tells us too, in our business aspect, we don't really have a business problem. We have a human problem. True statement. In our business, I tell people all the time, you know, the, the fact is this is a fantastic business. If we could just figure out the human factor, it would be even better, That's right? right? Yeah. That's where my genius zone comes in. Okay. So, so <laughs> you currently experience multiple streams of income and multiple careers simultaneously and stacked on one another. Someone who gets to your level most likely had a lot of coaches and a lot of mentors along the way. I know I've been blessed with those as well. And what do you think when you look back on your life lessons and the things that you've learned from other people, you know, what was the best advice you ever got? And, you know, frankly, who gave it to you? Well, I've always taught my kids, it's never a problem. It's always an opportunity. Yep. And the best advice I ever got was from my mom that said, show me your friends. I'll show you your future. Yep. And it's so significant. It plays out into business. It plays out into your personal life. It plays out into your whole perspective on how you see life, the world, and your future. Absolutely. So it was something that really rang true to me. It's something that I live by because your sphere of influence is really, really important. But as a multipreneur, it's really important to stay true to who you are. And one of the best things that I can tell people where my train derailed and I didn't pay attention to it was when I was a single mom we have a tendency to try to do it all because timing, money, you're trying to hold two jobs down, whatever you're doing. And I became fearlessly independent. Mm -hmm. And when I became fearlessly independent, I thought that I could do it all. I didn't need to ask for help. 
it was so easy to do it. And I would find everything, you know, I'd figure it out how to use a screwdriver, change the tire, change my oil. I even broke my two thumbs doing my garage door opener. And like I said, literally you name it, I figured it out until the point came where I realized how much of a detriment it was to me because one, being fearlessly independent, I constantly disappointed myself of asking for help and not having the people come through with it or two, having it done and it wasn't right. So I was hurting myself more by being fearlessly independent than I was to be able to ask for help. That is something that is very hard for women to do. So that's something that I help them, you know, to be able to ask for what you want and get it. That was the turning point. And the second thing was when you do ask for help, ask for the right things, ask for the right right people that you can turn to. And the first thing that I asked for was to realize I've been a coach the whole time and you cannot do this alone. The minute I reached out and had that coach was the turning point in the trajectory of my business that just skyrocketed. And I'd had one or two ever since. Yeah. I think both statements are truly profound because I think that one of the things that I'm always talking about, and I coach myself as well as other people about this is, you know, your highest and best use, where do you bring the most value to your life, the people around you, and frankly, your company, right? Those are the things you should spend 80% of your time on. And if you find yourself being tugged away from those things where you add the most value, check yourself, call time out and get back on track, right? It's so true because we have been, like I told you before, living in this conventional life that we've been taught a certain way. So when it comes to the two best investments in your life, which is yourself and real estate. Right. People put that by the wayside and they're sitting on the hamster wheel or falling off the tracks or getting on the wrong bus and getting frustrated. And then they're wondering, Hmm, why isn't this working? Right. And have we poured into ourselves and invested? And is it because we have the imposter syndrome or we're fear of what other people will think? Oh, you put money into a coach. Why? Right. But if you buy a new house and a new car, they're right there to drink with you and cheer you on. Right. So the opposite is true because when you invest in that, you have the money to do all those other things and to buy the house and the car and the travel. And that's the second really profound thing that I think you said, which was that almost all leaders, you know, I spent 20 something years in, you know, working for some really cool companies in Silicon Valley and all that. And to a person, every CEO I knew, had at least one coach in their life. Absolutely. And it was purposeful. It was well thought out. And, you know, the fact is, is that I had one CEO who was a mentor to me tell me, I can't do my job. I can't keep the perspective I need to keep without someone from the outside helping set me straight on a fairly regular basis, right? I think whether you are a multipreneur, which I love that term, by the way, I may Mm -hmm. borrow that. And, or, you know, you're the CEO of one entity, or you're just a mom. The fact is, is that bringing someone to have that perspective that is not emotionally tied up into your world and can just look at the situation for what it is. Frankly, I have a coach today and I'm grateful for Charlie and I get all wound up. I'm a very passionate person. I get all wound up in a certain situation and he, okay, what are you trying to accomplish? And tell me the five things you're doing. And he is so adept at just cutting through the BS and saying, okay, here's where you're working. Here's where it's not working. And it's like, you know, light dawns on marble head. It's wonderful. 
Well, and there's a couple components to that too, that I think go along with what you're saying about how wonderful it is to have a coach and stuff is, and I know we talked about this offline a little bit, most of your people, maybe 50% or more are women. First of all, back to what you said, it's not just being a mom because mom is the hardest job, right? It's the one that brings in zero income, but it is priceless. It's It's foundational to everything else. It absolutely is. So if there's any moms out there thinking that they can't do this, think again. Because if you've ever raised any kids or supported any other kids, on uncle cousins kids in that dynamic, you've been tested to the limits and you got past it. And you'll be able to do this in investment too. But you have to also realize it was a job that maybe didn't give you a monetary value, but it was priceless because you have the memories that will last you more than the dollars will, right? Amen. So investing in yourself, as much as people say, oh, I don't have the money, I can't, whatever. Think about that. Do it anyway. Do you want to? What is your priority? Right. Because you investing in yourself will catapult and put cash in your bank account and grow it bigger and faster than it will be trying to figure it out and staying in your genius zone. The hardest thing that ate up so much of my funds was like, I wanted to do it all, figure it out. You know, they always tell you, oh, make sure that you know every aspect of your business, because if you do end up having to hand it off and you're not there, what if something happens? Do you have a backup, right? So here's me. I don't know the accounting. I need to know the market strategy. I need to make sure I know the sales. I need to know how to do the contracts. And you know what? The bottom line is you need to stay in your genius zone and outsource. Absolutely. And I was like, oh gosh, I can't afford that because if I pay for a VA or if I pay for an assistant, then I won't have money for marketing. And I kept just self-sabotaging myself. And the minute I said, you know what? This doesn't feel good. This is not in my genius zone. And I hired it all out. Well, wow. I turned on the money valve. Like that faucet just went. So true. Same thing here with Clark Street. We didn't really start to grow until, to use your terms, I got out of my own way. And we put people in spots where they're, could I do social media? Could I do digital marketing? Could I write websites? Yeah, probably. Am I going to do it as well as somebody who does it for a living? No. Am I going to do it as fast? No. And time is finite, right? I actually require sleep and I actually like hanging out with my wife and my kids. And so there's only so much time in the day. And how should I spend that time? Adding value to the company, supporting the team, whatever. And when we went and hired the VAs and the full-time staff that we have here in the office, it was revolutionary in terms of, first off, my happiness and stress level, which I think is more important. And secondly, our revenue exploded. And I can't point to one thing or one human that contributed, but that team coming together, when it came together and lit, we exploded. There's no other way to- And when we can work less- and make more and have more time for fun in our family, that's even more exponential. <laughs> yeah, I just interviewed Ron LeGrand a couple of weeks ago, you know, the real estate trainer, and he was probably one of my first mentors. I read all his books, and that was one of his key tenets was the, the less I work, the more I make. And the happier you are. And by far the happier you are. Yeah, absolutely. So readers are leaders, right? These days, it's not necessarily a book on your nightstand or, you know, sometimes it is with me. I've got a stack of them, but people consume information and use it to grow themselves through podcasts, through 
audio books, through YouTube videos, books, real world books, tangible books, and other and a whole host of other ways of gathering information. I'm just curious, you know, in terms of how you sharpen your own saw, right? Because it's a never ending process. What is the mediums that you use to gather information and learn and grow? And then I'm going to ask specifically, who are you paying attention to these days? Mm, there's a lot. I kind of hop around in terms of whether it is on own personal growth, it's spiritual growth, it's mindset growth, it's physical growth. And so I kind of hop around in there. I'm always listening to audibles. If I drive in the yeah, car, same. it's listening to, you know, the latest and greatest or repeating one that I've already heard to get more out of it because we need to hear things repeatedly for it to sink in. Yeah, that's a really good point because, and the other part of it is that I find is that when I read a book or I listened to a book or I, the first time, and then I go back, I'm in a different place in my life the second time I read it. So I'm coming at it, even though I've read the material once or twice before, I'm in a different place than I was when I first read it. So the perspective changes and you gather more information, different information from the book I call them gold nuggets, right? You pull different gold nuggets than you would have three years prior when you first read the book. And that's because you grew and you learned, you grew and you expanded. Yeah, and that's a okay. really good point that you talk about that because when we expand, a lot of people don't know what to do with it at the expansion. Right? It's the same problem that got you to get to the expansion that holds you back from expanding, which is another deep concept, but I won't get in it. But that's why it's so perfect to basically reread that, go back over the things that hit home with you and felt good and resonated with you at the time that you were looking into something that you were passionate about or considering doing. Yep, absolutely. So Denise, I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation and I'm, oh, I'm, I'm excited for our audience to hear this show because I think they're going to get a ton out of it. I have one other question for you. And that is when you're not talking about real estate or coaching your clients, you know, what do you like to do? How do you spend your free time? If you have any. Traveling, reading, sports, getting grounded. I am obviously in Minnesota. I'm a hockey buff. My kids yeah. grew up playing hockey too. I think it's the law up there, right? You have to be on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? Right. <laughs> right. My daughter switched to pageants after like 10 years of hockey. I'm like, I don't know where that came from, but nonetheless. So in traveling, I love to take my break and really get grounded, get focused on the things that fills me up with my own energy. And well, now as an empty nester, my daughter decided to go out east, so she's not close to home. So most of my free time is if I can go out and visit her yeah. in college and come back. And I love to read. I love to read. If it's nice, maybe I'll go golfing. It depends on what I can get out and do. I love nature. I love to go for walks. Yeah, my grandfather had always told me, always present a moving target, right? Absolutely. Like, yeah. And then if an alligator comes after you, run zigzag. Yeah, zigzag, right. <laughs> I wonder if that's actually true. Uh, no, I, I, I don't want to find out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't either. Yeah. So Denise, if people want to learn more about your coaching program or read your book or talk to you about real estate, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? All of that information is on my website. Okay. Just go to deniseoster.com. That's okay. Denise, O-S-T-E-R, just like the blender.com. Excellent. Well, Denise, thank you so much for your time today. I really enjoyed this conversation. I know our audience is going to love it as well. Oh, my pleasure. It was fun. Yeah. And thank you. Yes, you're so welcome. I appreciate you having me. 
This has been the Real Estate Underground Podcast, a CTRIA presentation. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, and share this podcast with your friends. If there's a specific topic you want us to cover, post it in the comments. For more information on the Real Estate Underground Podcast or CTRIA, go to realestateundergroundpodcast.com or ctria.com. Until next time, happy investing.